Which is more accurate though? So this one says 28 minutes and we got 34 over here. Uh, yeah, that one keeps being pushed back constantly. It's some uh -huh. slow then, blocks right now. There's another one. Watch the burn says. And Ethernets. 37 minutes. Yeah, I think it's going to be that one right there. Yeah. You think it's going to be Watch the Burn? I mean, they Etherscan and Watch the Burn agree. I don't know what algorithm they're using. Yeah, consensus. Or no, they don't agree. All right, we're live <laughs> on Bankless as well now, I think. Welcome, Justin. Hey, Justin. Yo. Oh. Hey. Are you going to so give us a well-spun analogy today, Justin? G and analogy, analogy, G, um, G, um, 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 I, um, Oh, he's got I, a rap song. Go, Justin. We'll see. We'll see if the feedback is greater than, uh, than the issuance. If it is, then yeah, I, I think, you know, the analogy is kind of, you know, Ethereum is, uh, you know, standing on its own feet, it's financially independent, kind of the, mm -hmm. the income that it has is greater than the expenses, um, that kind of analogy. But we will nope. see. Um, I mean, it's no looking very, very good. Dapps. <laughs> right, everyone has to pay their taxes. <laughs> so yeah, my expectation is that the the base fee is going to match roughly the the slow price on gas gasnow.org. Uh, so maybe something like thirty five guay, in which case you know we'd be at max three, so we'd be burning three times more than the proof of work uh, issuance. Mox three on proof of work. Okay, not on not on proof of stake. Sorry, not on, proof of stake. on proof of stake. Yeah. Transaction spam just lined up so we can get that that base fee <laughs> over 110. <laughs> At least we can still start burning ETH just for a little bit. The ETH pump is on, as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, but I don't trust these price movements uh, right now. <laughs> I, I mean, keep, keep in mind, Anthony looked at the one minute chart. So, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> 26.30. <laughs> I'm selling the news right now. <laughs> Literally <laughs> staring at the one minute chart. Oh my God, it's pumping. Permanent damage to those dope <laughs> This is it, guys. Next stop, 10K. <laughs> hey, we're always going to 10K. It's always in the in Ethereum's we're future. We're always going to 10K. It's just a matter of the detours between now and then. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, and hey, hey, David, I was gonna make a public service announcement. I assume we've like formally kicked off. Are we doing? Yeah, am I online? Yeah, we are currently live streaming. <laughs> we are live. Yeah. <laughs> We're live. David, do you want to hey, say everyone? Some... Yeah, we are. Yeah, David, you want to kick us off? Guys. Yeah, kick uh, us off, David. Do something formal. We're live. Hooray! Wow. <laughs> I think it's but, but not London. Stuff. London's not live. <laughs> London's not live. We got twenty-five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Say say what you want, DC. I yeah, I was going to say, because um, I just uh, tweeted at MetaMask, and I was just asking if they've already updated their wallet to reflect the base fee functionality. And so it sounds like uh, my, my crypto actually responded and said that um, the the functionality is, is, is available if you want to build it yourself, um, if you want to do a custom build locally. But otherwise, once, once there's a little bit of runtime with 1559, they'll roll it out 
more broadly. So just stay tuned for that. In the meantime, it's important to remember that EIP 1559 is backwards compatible with all, all existing wallet software. So users don't necessarily have to worry about that kind of compatibility. There may just be some situations where in the interim, you're paying a little bit more for gas until you get a wallet that supports the base fee. How about MetaMask DC? Are, so is MetaMask going to roll this out pretty quickly? That, that's what, that's what I was talking oh, about. Sorry, it was MetaMask. MetaMask. Uh, okay. Yeah, my crypto just responded to my tweet. Um, uh, perfect. And, and I assume that they know. So that's that's the situation on MetaMask. Have you guys seen any uh, early looks of what the MetaMask interface is going to look like post EIP 1559? Uh, re remove the gray price. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it too. It's pretty similar. There's like just three boxes still, but it's a little different. I forget where Metamask I saw it. MetaMask has a has a website for it that uh, I'll get it one sec. Um, I can put it in the chat if Ryan wants to bring it up. Yeah, I'll bring it up. And it shows like a few screenshots there, I think, or there was a video of it. There we go. Wow, they got a whole explainer. You said the pump on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the video is really good um it show it shows like exactly what it looks like oh nice wow that's coming on, on this good job man mask uh-huh so it's good that they've got dedicated section to it for users yeah this is great you can probably skip ahead to the um the interface if you just yeah, it should, oh, it, it should pop up. Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. Kind of like looks like that. Oh man, so much better. Buy <laughs> ads. I feel like this is actually. Esmin gas. Intuitive wow. now. Total. Yeah, Likely if you keep going, it'll show like the advanced seconds. settings. Okay, so this is just the basic setting right there. Mm. Oh god, that's so nice. Look at that. Yeah, and then you god, can drop down the advanced options. I've been dreaming of that. <laughs> literally years i'm gonna yeah. miss having gas now open on one tab yeah. seeing, then entering it in the transaction doesn't confirm so i speed it up again right <laughs> gonna miss that this whole entire <laughs> like two-year process of waiting for eip 1559 just allows me to uninstall one browser extension finally <laughs> it always jumps up right after you send too because metamask is defaulting to that price and then everybody goes one above it so you send it and you're like oh man and then you got to resend guaranteed every time yeah, that's yeah. good. and that's like the bidding dynamic that you I feel like hasn't been adequately modeled and may we may see some nice improvements just in the in way in, in terms of how gas prices move because you don't have that human psychology kicking in where it's like oh i need to bid higher than is being suggested so i can get my transaction in. Totally. so i think it'll be pretty interesting to watch oh metamask is telling all the plebs to use 35 i'll use 36.2 <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this is. I think it's really good that they put together a video like this and a whole section on it as well. Yeah, um, great job. Nice. Yeah, but I mean, the whole point is that mostly users won't have to touch the advanced options anymore, like they ha they currently do. Like, yeah. so. Balancer is a powerful platform for flexible automated market makers. 
Typical AMMs just have two tokens inside of one liquidity pool, which can lead to fractured liquidity across the many pairs in DeFi. With Balancer, you can access the full power of multiple tokens inside of one single AMM, which unlocks an entirely new playing field of possibility. This makes Balancer an awesome building block for so many different use cases. Balancer pools can make asset indices, but instead of paying fees to portfolio managers, Balancer lets you collect the fees from traders who use your portfolio for liquidity. Additionally, Balancer smart pools can be programmed to have properties that change according to predetermined rules, such as changing the swap fee based on market conditions, or even liquidity bootstrapping pools, which can help you launch and distribute your token with day one liquidity. At Bankless, we use a liquidity bootstrapping pool to sell our BAP t-shirts to much success. Balancer V2 brings powerful new features that makes your money work even harder for you. In V2, idle tokens are capable of generating yield in DeFi without sacrificing liquidity in the pool using Balancer's asset managers. Balancer's vault architecture lets you trade between Balancer pools at a fraction of the cost versus trading on other platforms. Balancer's mission is to become the primary source of liquidity in DeFi by providing the most flexible and powerful platform for asset management and decentralized exchange. Dive into the Balancer pools at app.balancer.fi. Bankless is proud to be supported by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum, which is what Ryan and I call a money robot. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum. Input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. Something brand new in the Uniswap ecosystem is the Uniswap Grants program is now accepting applications for grants. We have been saying this for a while and we'll say it again. DAOs have money and they are in need of labor. If you think that you have something to contribute to the Uniswap DAO, apply for a grant to Uniswap. Just look at the size of the Uniswap treasury. It's almost $3 billion. This mountain of capital is looking for labor. Do you have something of value to contribute to the Uniswap DAO? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a uni grant at unigrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. That's exactly what we did to get Uniswap to be a sponsor for Bankless, and you can do the same for your project. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, watch theburn.com plus ultrasound.money plus etherscan block countdown are all pointing to the exact same minute. Okay. Cool now. Finally have consensus. That's going to be, <laughs> yeah, 20, 20 minutes? 20-ish, 21 minutes. Yeah. Brian, ultrasound. try um, refreshing ultrasound.money. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah. There you go. 120 blocks. Yep, we have consensus. Justin, do you know who's behind ultrasound.money? Does anyone? I don't know. Don't know. Well, I I I was on the Bankless podcast at the very end saying that I bought a domain ultrasound.money yeah, um, and I was, I was looking say. for people to to go help build the website. So what happened is that about 10 people uh, from the community came forward, you know, many of which were just volunteering their time and now we have kind of this decentralized team of people just working on this on this website. Uh, which is super, super, super cool. Only in crypto and, can uh, a meme get full-time attention for free. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, the team is also helping with the uh, Twitter accounts. So the ultrasound money Twitter account, there's a, there's a team of, of people behind that as well. I love the website. 
it's every, clean as hell. It, the website is super clean. Every few days I get like DM'd by the ultrasound money, uh, Twitter, like, which is like bat signal. Or it's like, who's in my DMs? Oh, it's ultrasound money account. Cool. <laughs> That's all they said. <laughs> oh man. It's a good meme. Like I love it. <laughs> And it triggers people just the right amount too, which, I, which makes it a very good meme. I love how just non-Ethereum people think it's the stupidest meme ever because they will let you know how stupid they think it is. And uh, I'm just like, Udi, Udi tweeted out yesterday, the ultrasound money meme is the cringiest meme out of the ETH head camp I've ever seen. And I commented right below it, yet here we are. It's like, he, <laughs> he keeps on talking about it. Hey, hey, look at so, the, you guys might know this person, but I'm going to let him into the Zoom. Look at a farm down there. Um, are we all there? The ones that are live on the call? The ultrasound. Down the family? bottom, Ryan. Oh, yeah. down the bottom? Oh, yes. Yeah. I, so I, Any, I think anybody this is missing? Italic's missing. I'm definitely missing. Oh. <laughs> so, what I'm does it take it. to get on this list? You have to wear the bat signal, right? You have to wear the bat signal account? and have a lot of followers. Your profile. Yeah, it's ranked by follow account. <laughs> So the way it's ranked, I believe, is that the the first oh, few ranked are ranked by, by follow account, and then the yeah. last few are kind of chosen at random from the community. So every once okay. in a while, if you're just a community member, you should see your profile there. Uh, but, That's a cool way to do yeah. it. <laughs> oh, hey, Vitalik, you're here. Oh, hey, it's Vitalik. Hey. <laughs> hey, Vitalik. For one second, look back, and it's no. Vitalik. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay, so Eric, Eric, you said is it too early to drink? Mariano, I think you concurred it's not. What do you got? <laughs> I got a beer. You actually have a beer. Uh, I'm with my I'm with my mate right now. It's seven fifteen a.m. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll join with a beer. All right, yeah, it's seven fifteen and I have a beer, but. I would have a beer, but I've been roped into doing a live stream podcast with Bankless later this afternoon. So I want to keep a clear head. Well, I'm going to have a beer, though. <laughs> you know, while we're, while we're hanging out, I would be interested to get the perspective of the EIP-1559 authors and how they, <laughs> and how they feel on this day. One first. Vitalik? How do I how do I feel on this day? Um, let's see. Um, again, definitely happy that this uh, thing that's been worked on for like literally almost four years now is uh, finally turning into reality. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So let's see. When when did that original EIP fifteen fifty nine paper come in? Let me check. Resource. Uh, it's a long time ago. I think it was like twenty nineteen. 2018. Wow. Let me, let me check. Draft position paper on resource pricing. Um, this was August 18. Okay, yeah. So it's not. Okay, so it was not something we've been working hard on for four years. It's something that we've been working on for three years. Yeah, 2018 was that E3 search post on first price auctions. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it was. And then I was trying to remember when that um, economics and computation conference that Carl and I went to that ended up inspiring the whole thing. Um, it was, uh, it was nice. at that event. I think it was like, East, yeah, it was EC, I guess, 2018 that uh, we were talking with some of the local economists and they mentioned how uh, first price auctions are evil. 
and <laughs> yeah, we were. Um, and then some of them um, suggested second price auction as an alternative, or was that Grun? Maybe it was both. Um, but then second price auctions, of course, has to have the problem that they're not collusion resistant. And in uh, Li Shengwu's uh, econ language, he uses the word credible auction, but like in that case, credible, credible mechanisms, there, there, there's the link. Um, but credible in this case just means that like immune to collusion between mechanism participants and the mechanism operator, which of course we want. Um, second mm -hmm. price auction simply means like a normal auction, except not the top price gets selected, but the second highest price gets selected, correct? So the the one who bid the top price wins, but but yes. they only pay the price of the second. Mm -hmm. So Vitalik, what was the Ethereum community's reaction to this research post? Well, as you can see, it's 18 hearts, but I think the problem is that there's a, a big difference between um, being fascinated by something theoretically um, and uh, being uh, willing to throw in the energy to actually get it out there in reality. Hmm. Yeah, we kind of, then we, we brought it to the community, like, I think it was like March of 2019. So it's even been two and a half years since, it, I mean, as in like, try to, put it in a medium post and explain the benefits mm -hmm. a little more. And then it seemed like from there, it started to pick up some steam. Yeah, well, there's a lot of the usual suspects there uh, commenting. I saw Philippe, yeah. uh, Mika, Dan Robinson. Mm -hmm. Well, it sat for a while before, um, you know, Eric wrote up the EIP, right, Eric? Yeah, I, honestly, it was just I was frustrated with the user experience of <laughs> every day and like realizing that there's no way we're going to hit mass adoption really with the way that fees were being handled. And I, I don't know, I would always just browse ETH research and somehow I ran into, I don't, it wasn't even this discussion. It was the paper that you were referencing, Vitalik, and I kind of reached out to you and said, you know, hey, why isn't this picking up some steam? And then, yeah, we just kind of, I mean, I believe at the time, just Vitalik and I co-wrote the original EIP. And then after that, it really picked up steam. That's when a lot of different people jumped in. I can't really take much credit at all. Beyond Usually <laughs> when you ask yourself, why isn't this picking up steam? That's a sign for action. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I was like, this yeah, seems yeah. so obvious. Let's do something about it. And then, yeah, all the other, everyone else that got involved, jumped in and kind of took it from there, which was awesome. So Eric, it's funny. It's oh, sorry. Go is, ahead, Ryan. This is the original EIP right here that we're looking at. That's the final, but yeah, the, the original draft okay. was way more thin than that. <laughs> mm. It's funny though, right? Like, there's all these great ideas out there, and they start off very technical, and usually like on ETH research, and it really needs to go through this like interesting process of translating that to the community and like why it's beneficial. Um, like the whole, I mean, it, it makes sense why this took three years or three and a half years or whatever it did, if you really think about it. Yeah, the I mean, there's the been... work got, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say the bulk of the work got done like the last year as well. Like since that Gitcoin um, funding that happened in like June of 2020, that was like a strong signal to like everyone, hey, we want this, we want this now. And it still took a year from there. So yeah, this is a really big and complex change. I mean, the amount of work that's gone into it is just incredible. Yeah, yeah that's been... the, the multi-sig that kind of got behind it and the community pushing for it was pretty badass. Mm. Yep, and everyone uh, making a whole bunch of Gitcoin donations and like directing half the matching pool to it at one time. 
-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was just reflecting on how much effort has gone into this all the way from, you know, um, when it was proposed to when it was first being analyzed by Rick Dudley and his team through to kind of, you know, e even the analysis done by third parties like Tim Ruffgarden was also important in the advancement of this. And I think more recently, the work that Tim Bako and, um, you know, James Hancock and others did to kind of advance this was was significant. And, and even when Hudson was involved with that process as well. So I think it's been an incredible effort and, and a long time coming. So I, I'm excited. There was a while there where I was worried this wasn't going to happen. <laughs> I was worried that no one was mm. really going to pick it up and coordinate it and run with it. But this is an example of, you know, sort of the chaotic decentralized nature of the Ethereum community actually like um, pulling this out and making it work, making it happen. So it, uh, you know, pretty exciting. Ryan, you got to remember, we were focused on our like most favorite EIP, ProgPal. So we had other priorities. <laughs> oh, oh God, let's shut down the stream after that got brought up. Yeah. <laughs> Spent so Is much this Prog time Pal on Prog debate Pal. number thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, surprise everyone, we're talking Prog Pal. We're, we're actually overdue for a Prog Pal debate, guys. So, <laughs> do you always start talking about Prog Pal after one beer? <laughs> I just get this thousand yard stare and just so. So when we switch to Starks, and it turns out that for a Stark, you actually need to do a little bit of proof of work to grind some Merkle root if you want to like reduce the number of challenges to cut the, the data size of a Stark down. Just to troll everyone, can we use ProcPow as the proof of work algorithm? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, Vitalik, can you give us the, the intuition on traditionally why a second price auction is better than a first price auction? Um, sure. Uh, maybe so. The uh, economic arguments for why second price auctions are optimal is uh, basically that, like, imagine that you have some person. And what are we optimizing? Um, we're optimizing for basically a naive algorithm uh, being the opt uh, being the optimal algorithm for each participant, um, and. So uh, like I'll, I'll explain the property that second right. price auctions have that's really nice. Um, essentially, yeah, the um, like let's say you value like something that's being auctioned. Like let's say we're auctioning, I don't know, um, in a, an NFT of, of an NFT of a Doge or something, right? Um, so <laughs> let's uh, a meta so, meta in an NFT. Yeah, um, what you pay for with MetaMask. Um, so you uh, um, you value this NFT at ten dollars, and uh, the question is like, what value do you want to bid, right? Um, so if you bid less than ten dollars, then there exists the possibility that let's say you bid X for X is less than ten, then someone else um, who value um, who values it somewhere some somewhere between X and ten, there is the possibility that they would bid some amount in between X and ten, um, and so like in that particular case, basically there is uh, the, the possibility that you end up. Uh, you end up not actually getting the item, uh, basically because of this other person ended up getting in with a lower bid. Now, in the case where there is someone who, or if you bid greater than 10, then there is the possibility that you win and you end up having to pay more than you, um, or a larger amount than what you actually want, right? And 
if you bid 10, um, then like basically, all right, so here's the thing that happens. The thing that happens is that your bid and like the exact value of your bid, um, it does not influence how much you pay. It only influences whether or not you win, right? right. That, that's actually, that's a really important criterion. And when do you want to win? Well, you want to win when uh, the amounts uh, that you're going to pay is um, actually yeah, is, is less than the yeah, amount at which you value this uh, NFT of the NFT of a Doge. Um, so if you bid 10, which is equal to your valuation, then if the, uh, the highest bid among everyone else is less than 10, then you win. Um, which and you have to pay an amount less than ten. Uh, but then, if uh, someone else is uh, willing to pay an amount greater than ten, then you don't win. And in that particular case, you want to not win because had you won, you would have had to pay an amount greater than ten, right? So basically, yeah, like the fact that your the yeah, amount that you pay does not depend on your bid. The only thing that your bid determines is like basically whether you get the item or you don't get the item. And mm -hmm. you only get the item in those worlds where you have to pay an amount less than you value anyway. Um, like basically means that the simple algorithm of like just bid the amount at which you value the item is just going to give you the best results, right? So it's a, a very simple uh, mechanism. In order to choose your the correct bids, you don't have to, um, know anything about anyone else's preferences. You don't have to go second guessing other people. There isn't like some risk that you get that you guessed wrong and there's some inefficient outcome. Um, so and it doesn't like, help if you have if you have other participants, like if you are 10 people and you're trying like you can't um, actually yourself, yeah, really. can uh, you? you can a little bit. Um, so this is the, the, the problem. Like basically if you control the top two, uh, the participants with the top two valuations, um, and then your optimal strategy is not to bid honestly, your optimal strategy is to bid what the third valuation plus one cent. This is assuming you have like perfect assuming information. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, but if you have like, I think even the slightest amount of information about the probability distribution of the third, then like, I think that ends up like distorting and giving you at least a little bit of extra profit. So if I'm sell, but if I'm selling the NFT, uh -huh. I prefer first price right. auction, correct? No, you'd um, actually no. So there is these theorems that are called revenue equivalence theorems that basically show how um, for a wide class of possible auctions, your expected revenue is uh, going to be exactly the same. I know this is really weird and spooky, and I actually haven't really uh, uh, examined the proofs of this, but it's uh, true. Um, so, yeah, now if you want to survive uh, collusion, then like, well, well basically, well, one thing you could do is instead of a second price auction, you know, you have a case price auction, and case price auctions are resistant up to K minus one colluding participants. Um, but in general, like yeah, that you hit, you hit upon something really important, which is that auctions are not uh, like infinitely collusion resistant, and that's actually why EIP fifteen fifty nine is not a second price auction. It's a totally different kind of mechanism where that's just a fixed fee. Hmm. 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 People compare it to a second price auction, though, right? Um. They, I guess they do, though compare, those comparisons are slightly misleading. Like I think uh, the, the correct statements to make would be that it avoids the inefficiencies of uh, first price auctions the same way that second price auctions avoid the inefficiency of first price sure. auctions. 
So like the key property, right, in the second price auction is like the amount that you bid does not determine what you pay. It just determines if you pay. And in EIP 1559, that's true as well, right? The max uh, fee only determines whether you get in. It doesn't determine what you pay. Got it. Mm. Well, oh no. I see, oh, I see. That's, uh, DC, I DC, when Vitalik was talking about if you want to buy this NFT for $10, he was talking about your CryptoPunk hoodie. Before yeah. No one's going to be buying that one anytime soon. So good luck. <laughs> Although I do want to, you know, I think there's a common misconception around some of the NFT stuff and people are like, oh, Ethereum's too expensive. So that's why these NFTs cost a lot. But realistically, what has happened with some of these NFT mechanisms is they're using a gas auction as the primary distribution method, which is suboptimal in a lot of ways. And I think you're going to see more and more projects move away from that. But basically, rather than selecting the buyers through other some other mechanism, like say a Dutch auction or something else, they were basically letting people kind of bid up gas and whoever gets the transaction in first wins. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I've never liked that distribution model because it favors mm. people who, who know how to use the network a little bit better or might be able to set up bots to get transactions in mm. faster and things like that. So I, I think that's going to, that model will slowly kind of phase out as we move forward. Because you don't have, so let's look at time windows that are only kind of, there's a frenzy going on. Does this change, do the mechanisms change at all really, or does it revert to the public first price? Um, it reverts to a public first price when there is a frenzy going on. Well, um, it reverts to a public first uh, price for the subset of users that really care about being included quickly. Right. If you're if you're okay with waiting two minutes in the extreme cases, then you can just continue to kind of live in the normal world, mm -hmm. and you just have to wait a bit more. Does it reduce the chance of frenzies because there's going to be less of like the the mm. psychological model of yes. i need to click it, the button regardless like just for end users yeah that, that that's definitely one reason why it reduces frenzies um another important reason why it reduces frenzies is that transactions that get included quickly are less likely to fail and so you're less likely to need to resend um a third reason why it reduces frenzies is just the fact that if there exists a burst of like uh, many transactions like like n times block size transactions instead of uh, it needing n blocks to clear it needs uh, n over two blocks to clear um, so if it is frenzy resistant some in some mm. cases would that actually lead to slightly less gas uh less fees for the end users interesting I, I guess. I mean, unless, of course, like induced uh, demands takes over and like we just get even more users. Hey, uh, yeah. We are, mm. we are uh, less than five minutes out, I think, depending on which clock you are monitoring. So on Etherscan, mm. we are close to four minutes, just under four minutes. On ultrasound.money, we are at about five minutes and 20 seconds. So this is fast approaching. Um, Hudson, since you've lived through many of these hard forks, sir, how do we know if this is successful? Like what, like what happens when the hard fork happens? That's a funny question. Um, first, um, first, hi, Trent. Let's all say hi to Trent. Hey, Trent. Hey, Trent. Hey, I, I'm good to just sit back and listen to all you guys talk about nonsense. So keep going. <laughs> you get, look at those flowing locks over there. Yeah. Wow. So basically, right now, at least, so I used to run the core developer meetings every other week. And during hard forks, we would, um, before there was like the proliferation of all these live streams, some of the time there would be just a private Zoom call with some of the core devs. Um, or if something went wrong, there would be a Zoom call with the core devs. That still happens. 
Um, so we'll know if something went wrong because there'll be like a few people who know where to go for the information, like me, Trent, Danny, and Tim, and just be leaking stuff to Twitter slowly over time. Uh, that's generally how it goes down. So if some of you guys suddenly disappear from this call, then that's probably bad news. Is that what you're saying, Hudson? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, no, so but for real though, like it's pretty organic and usually during times of emergencies that we just kind of the core devs just kind of come together and then just troubleshoot and fix it and it's pretty straightforward there's no one usually panicking or anything like that it's really professional how do the core devs typically like feel before a fork is is it just what a question because like look man i i'm just looking at this clock uh this countdown and i'm you know get a little nervous to be honest you know things could you never know uh but i'm not a core dev how do they feel about the these things Danny Vitalik, what do y'all think, or Trent, or anyone else? I don't know because I'm not a core dev, but I think they're pretty <laughs> nervous. Mm. Medium, they usually go well. Yeah. Everyone's definitely watching because it yeah. might require action. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't think anyone's as well. All right, guys, we have a uh, six blocks left, so I'm going to go ahead and cut to sponsors real quick. Uh, here we go. <laughs> 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 Oh I think I'll just say our money's a bit, a bit slow. There's like four blocks or something now. Yeah, we're almost there. Oh man, this is geez, geez. It's happening. It's happening, guys. It's happening, four blocks finally. remaining. Anthony, how does the 30 second chart look? Is there, are we pumping? Dumping? <laughs> we have since Anthony last commented, the ETH pump is on. We have dumped. <laughs> yes, actually, as as per convention. Three it's, blocks. It's Bitcoin. It's ruining our party. That bloody <laughs> two pet blocks. Rock. Two blocks. Two blocks remaining. I wonder, I wonder who's going to get the wow. first burn transaction. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Here we go. One block, block remaining, guys. One block. One block. Oh. It's happening. EIP 1559. History. 1559, excuse me. 1559. <laughs> five, nine. 1559. What is 1559? 559. <laughs> there it goes. It's done. Uh, it's here. Yeah, it is. This is yeah, it. Yeah, scan's got it. Wow. The gas limit number. has doubled, and the oh, gas nice. used is 100% as expected. So I'm <laughs> okay. expecting it to be 100% gas used for the next roughly five minutes, and uh, the base fee, mm. What's get, that? Sorry, the base gas price will. But we might see the gas go down if miners didn't set, uh, reset their target. So that'll be interesting to watch. Mm. So we started at one way uh, base uh, gas price and we should be increasing to, I don't know. Yeah, the next block is 1.12. If you guys- Okay, I'm looks sure like to... the gas limits are going down. Yeah, call and, your miner, call your local miner. <laughs> Brian, skip, <laughs> for, skip forward to the next two blocks. There's a little arrows there. Oh, okay. It's always fun watching Ryan navigate. The guess I don't look block by block, guys. I'll go right. ahead and monitor all the core dev channels and websites uh, to see what's going wrong, if anything. Burnt fees, 0.04 ETH. That's nice to see. I'm seeing red on node monitor, but I forgot how to look at this. So we on have burnt some ETH. Yeah. Do you remember how to read Forkmon? Uh, let me see. <laughs> hey, good question, guys. How much bigger is the elastic max size versus what the previous gas limit? I actually don't know. It's double. Double. It's, it's double what the what the normal right. is. Okay. 
So currently the, the gas target is 15 million and the gas limit. So the total max size of a block is 30 million. Okay. Of, of course, that depends who's voting what, you know, it might take a little bit of time to stabilize. Uh, if some, if some uh, pools are pointing at a lower Brian, go uh, to watch the burn. gas limit. There, that's real nice. Oh, it's dead. It's dead for me. <laughs> the way you said that, type it, that was so freaky, man. <laughs> we, all, we all know how I feel about ETH. It's not secret. <laughs> yeah, ETH, burn it. Yeah, all right, let's burn it, guys. <laughs> oh, man. So do, uh, uh, do blocks get new data, or is it the transactions themselves? Because I'm... Oh both oh yeah. yeah yeah there's a new transaction type which i'm, I'm on trying seth to... block latest i see base fee per gas this is yeah. new so I'm, I'm trying to find etherscan had a label and i'm trying to find what the first actual new transaction type is what the first transaction is but uh there's a little label on the on the far right i think they had it um, but i haven't found any yet oh and so nobody, nobody... There, there might be one. I just haven't found it in a block yet. Right. Um, but basically, everything is burning ETH as expected. Um, that'll happen for all legacy transactions going forward. And By right the now, way, the blocks um, are completely full, oh, right? Yes. Um, is uh, is, is watchtheburn.com still like live somewhere else, or because the site's been um, uh, not working for? It's, it's, it's down for hug, me. Hug of death. Yeah. Either either scan uh, shows the gas burn per block. But right, right, right. Yeah. That seems like the sort of thing that um, ultrasound.money uh, should have in there somewhere. Mm. Yes, right. yes. It should be coming. I think it's getting DDoSed as well. Yeah. The burnt fees okay. every single block keep on going up. So the most recent block has 0.15 Ether burned, and it's been going up every single block since the hard fork. Oh, we wow, also try... already up to 6.5 Gway. Hmm. I, think, I don't think miners have the gas limit signaled properly, though, right? They don't. That's what I'm starting no. to see from other channels. Yeah. Uh, we okay. were working uh, on that yesterday. The is live for me. We've burned 0 0.87 ETH. Oh, my God. Look mm. at this. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, Almost a full ETH. Oh, wow. Ether chain slash burn. Okay. Someone prepare for yeah, this. Yeah, Ether chain has a burn metric as well. We've done one ETH now, according to ultrasound money, just updated on my, my end. Mm. <clears throat> and if you zoom out a little bit, and um, ah, you'll be able to see the burn leaderboard. <sighs> wow. Which, my new favorite Which is website. bug belt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a bug belt. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that means I have all of the ether left. I'll about there's, you guys. there's no ETH left, guys. <laughs> I've got it all. <laughs> wow, this is a supply shock. <laughs> Hyper giga okay, ultrasound money. In, remove the <laughs> okay. Mm. Hey, that. If, I, if I name and shame on stream pools that are like pushing the limit down, I wonder if they'll react. Let's <laughs> try. Maybe. Oh, man. Uh, we think F2 pool and nano pool, two miners, Hyvon, and Spark pool are all pushing it down. <laughs> the gas limit? As in yes. they kept the they kept their default. They kept they, keep their default they kept the settings. number likely the same as before. I actually have Wait, a few so of them on chat. I'm gonna go quiet. What, what does that mean? Do you have any like, estimations that that? as to how long it's gonna take them to get that updated? 
you I'll, can do no, it live a... with a, an RPC call. So you don't have to actually cycle your node, which is good. Uh, but it just depends on if they, if and when they do it. So, so negative 100% gas target. Someone, the there's someone out there has, um, I forget, I thought it was Etherchain has a site that tells you what they're signaling by pool, but I can't find it right now. Wow, almost three ETH burnt. Yeah, thing is, this shouldn't be happening with like a regular, uh, we're like in normal situation. Like, no, if blocks mean, well, continue to be full, right? Well, there's if issuance there's, as well, right? Well, if the situation normalizes, then blocks will go down to being half full. But on the other hand, the uh, fee will uh, go even higher. Oh, interesting. ETHstats.net. Let's see what's up there. Um, so oh, the fee no. has overtaken the um, the non-burnt rewards oh, sorry non-burnt fees tip the tip oh, sorry yeah, that's the technical um, wait wait where is the does ether scan show the tip or oh yes it does yeah okay. yes i see 0. it now 4, yeah 4. oh and then hmm so my expectation which is very different from hasu's is that we're going to burn about 80 percent uh, Hasu believes we're only going to burn 30%, but we're already above 50% at this point. You hear well, that, Hasu? What was Hasu's reasoning? <laughs> <laughs> what was Hasu's reasoning for the 30%? I think what he did is that he tried to analyze what is MEV um, mm. and use that as a, as a minimum for kind of the, the tip uh, as a lower bound. Uh, well, but one why? of the things that we've had yeah okay why why that makes sense i guess that the mev is part of the tip right but it's also split no, no. with flashbots what, yeah, why no, not what, what, why does it make sense that it be for mev to be part of the tip what's their reasoning well the the reasoning is that the you know when you pay for ordering you know you're you're not Mm. going to pay extra to the base fee so that you are the top position right. for example if you want to do an arbitrage you you want to be at the very top right but that's only a small that's only a small portion of transactions uh right oh oh i see but the, yes I guess the, the... but a very high portion of the fees i see um mm, i see i see um so yeah, I guess the question is like, does Flashbots just eat that up? Yeah, I don't know. Well, another question, I guess, is are they paying for the war against each other or are they paying to get 100% chance of being included in the block instead of 90%? I guess there's some of both. Where's the tip field in um, the block on Etherscan? I don't see it. Uh, um, it is per so transaction. It, well, if you see it's block in the block reward. reward. Yeah, see how it says two plus ah. some blah, 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 plus blah, 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 the second number. Ah, that's the tip. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Those are healthy tips. Nice. We got to, we should stabilize, you know, over time. Wow. Just... Okay. So uh, cumulative fee burn 8.28. Last one is 0 0.828. That's the, that's kind. <laughs> so, so far, there aren't many wallets that have enabled that people are using that have mm -hmm. this functionality mm -hmm. enabled. So, that might be throwing oh. things off a bit. Yeah. It's oh, wow. The, yeah, I think we're under target for the first time or close to the first time. 
of block 41 is at uh, 20, is only 23% full. There's been a oh, few that have there been There were really a few, low. there are a few. And I think yeah, one was, uh, some, someone's mining empty blocks. So remind me what, what happens when we are uh, not full, when a block is not full, how, how do things adjust? It's the smaller. base gas price goes down. So yeah, when you're below the 50% things, the, target. The base fee per gas, I call it the base gas price. It's just a, only three words as opposed to four words. And it reuses the, the gas price concept that we're already familiar with. Okay, so for this one, plus 46% gas target, 73% full. So the block is 73% full, it's, which means it's over 50%, which means the next block is going to get bigger and basically is going to go up. Oh, that's right, right? David, if you click, if you check out that that link in the chat, it shows how quickly the base fee per gas can rise and fall over time. Um, the chain dot burn? No, no, it's a uh, it's a tweet thread. Oh, your tweet. Oh, okay. Or or go to the oh, um, oh, yeah, like nice. Google Sheet, and it it really helps to show how quickly things can spike and um, YouTube. Probably I can even change it live. How about that uh, ETH pump, uh, Anthony? Uh, uh, it did exactly what I thought it would. Um, this is the same thing that happened while <laughs> the staking went live. The price just like dumped. dumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Markets are just like stupid. <laughs> so explain this for us, Trent. What are we looking at here? Sure. So I just increased the, the, the variable. So um, basically over, let's say, five minutes, the gas price goes from, or we can even, we can even drop it down even lower. So this is probably the time scale we're looking at now, this close. Um, but over a few, just a few minutes, it increases 30 times. And then this is um, when there's successively full blocks. So that's the blue line going up and then the red line going down, it drops a little bit quicker if uh, there are blocks which are less than 50% full. And then if you have, you know, um, 15 minutes of full blocks, you know, or over 50% full blocks successively for 15 minutes, uh, it would spike up to almost 7,000 way. So you can see how this would really quickly um, smooth out any of these crazy demand spikes that you've, we've seen recently with um, NFT drops and back in the day ICOs. So probably we'll never actually get that high. Um, congestion will be transferred to later blocks. So MetaMask just tweeted that they're pushing um, updates to the extension in mobile right now. So mm -hmm. nice. MetaMask support should be coming. So, so what do you guys... Like a couple hours for everyone to get up to speed. It sounds like some wallets mm -hmm. need to do some tweaking, some miners need to do some tweaking. But did like the, the, the base fee... Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I would say the base fee for gas did get to approximately where we were for just the price of transaction before the fork right so it's like 30 right yeah it did. which is expected In, and good well well it's expected i think that well right oh right right yeah you're right yeah so the, and i guess we're at around the target now so yeah someone just sent me like a private message that i've never on on like a dm on discord with the pope bot and like the other streams pope 
uh, code. Yeah, the the East Staker stream. <laughs> yeah, the East Staker stream code. So I have it now. Uh, oh, sure, it, sure it's on the chat. You're gonna break Pope if you uh, if you share it here. Here we go. For all the people uh, Santiago, in Santiago, go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry, uh, Santiago Paladino from uh, Open Zeppelin asks if we know the percentage of 1559 transactions entering the network. We do not, right? Not just. It's a great question. Can we figure that out? I um, while we're doing that, this is the ultrasound money. Oh, interesting. The first transact, uh, type two uh, transaction. Let me yeah, just check it and then. Yeah, I, I just put that in the chat. Uh huh. I think that's nice. the very first one. I was scanning through blocks, but yeah, you'll see it says transaction type two, EIP one five five nine, and then if you if you're looking in blocks, there's a little. Uh, indicator on the mm. far right that'll show. Mm -hmm. So somebody, uh, I, I don't know how many wallets are supporting this directly. So somebody may have crafted this themselves. Mm. Nice. Who's Nick Dottieth or Ninik? Whoever he is, he's famous. Yeah, he's on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, oh, Ninik, yeah. Nick Dottieth is Nick Johnson. Ninik. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know. So how long do you think? Um, because we do expect to see some effect on hash rate, most likely, right? Um, how long do you think it will take for us to realize that? Hmm. Hudson, any intuition based on previous hard forks? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard to tell because like, there's MEV to consider as well, right? These miners mm -hmm. are still getting there. Their MEV and stuff. Well, so. actually, are they? Because did MEV get update? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> hmm. I, I mean, MEV Geth had to update. Otherwise, they would not be oh, yeah, with true. anything else, right? But um, yeah. I'm actually surprised. There, I thought there would have been you know, more uh, 1559 type transactions since most of the transactions happening are... Um, you know, bots, arbors, things like that. Mm -hmm. They they want to use fifteen fifty nine, right? They don't want to pay um, the full right. amount with the old type transactions if they don't have to. Uh, I think True. Greg from Chainsafe was crafting some transactions to test. I don't know what the status of that is, though. Let me check. It's interesting to see the leaderboard. We've got Uniswap um, burning the most ETH so far. Actually, I don't know what's this top address. They're they're number two. Chainlink. This is Chainlink. Maybe. Probably. Uh, and then we've got some NFT. We have our first block with one full ether being burned. That's pretty cool. What? That first one is uh, the London token. London gift. Oh yeah, it's some like mm. NFT drop or something. For all the, all the people that are in the YouTube talking about the ETH dump, we have to remember now that when ETH dumps, more Ether gets burnt. So it's literally bullish selling. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, one of just, my best tweets. I'm proud of that one. 
And just to put these numbers in context here for, for people who are tuning in. So we're looking at these burns and we're getting into the one ETH and it obviously fluctuates quite a bit from block to block, but this is, this is offsetting or partially offsetting issuance, which I think is still at two ether per block. So just to give people an idea of how that's working. I'd just like to fast forward and see some equilibrium show up. Well, I think it's an interesting dynamic and it's hard to say how it would have played out otherwise, but effectively the ether that is being burned is ether that would have gone to miners otherwise, more or less. And what miners typically do is they sell that ether that they collect. And so now it's being burned. So th that alone is an interesting kind of supply offset, um, even in periods where it isn't deflationary. And I know we've talked about, all of us have talked a lot about how you know, we don't expect this to be fully deflationary at this point, although under periods of heavier usage, we expect that it would be or could be. But it's really when you pair this with proof of stake, with reduced issuance, dramatically lower issuance, that it becomes more interesting in that regard. Uh, all of the, on ultrasound money, all the ETH burn is just ether that's not being sold by. Mm-hmm. So right now, I guess we're in a period of monetary foreplay. And the reason is because <laughs> we know that Ethereum, that ETH will become ultrasound money almost certainly, because right now we're at Mac 4 or a bit less than Mac 4, meaning that the, what we're burning is roughly four times um, the proof of stake issuance. So we can foresee, it's very easy to project that once we remove the proof of work issuance, we will be ultrasound. Um, so right now is a foreplay mm. um, period. Foreplay period. <laughs> Four, <laughs> Six so months of foreplay. Oh my gosh. When merge. <laughs> right. Foreplay, 4C, Mach 4. I see what you did there. Are <laughs> mm. we so hot? When and merge. Well, Danny, you tell us when merge. <laughs> <laughs> You're, You're muted, muted by the way. Yeah, DC and Trent tell us when merge. <laughs> <laughs> I can always spat out a random date. <laughs> no well, August 6th, 2021. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do it right wow, now. Right Can right we now. just merge right now? Let's, Let's just go for it. <laughs> Let's just do it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I talked to this influencer on Twitter and he's saying that Ethereum could be great if we just dubbed all our research and adopted the tangle. How about we just adopt the tangle? <laughs> oh, my tangle. God. oh my god. <sighs> Did we kill Etherscan? Vitalik just invoked the tangle. For me. I think we wow. had Etherscan to death. <laughs> I can get to either scan. That's back. Okay, it's back. Yeah. So, somebody on YouTube says, as if any of you guys have ever had foreplay. Just FYI, we're getting Whoa. dissed. Oh, harsh. <laughs> That's why oh, you don't wow. read the YouTube comments, David. <laughs> oh, I'm addicted to them, man. Hey, said that? I've had so much foreplay, I do five play now. So. Uh, <laughs> I've been living in the future. Guys, the stream is going to get censored by YouTube. If we <laughs> is this made for kids? One of the things Sorry. that I'm now most uh, interested in is seeing what projects do with base fee opcode. There is seriously so much to do. Um, I remember 2017, um, I had to hard code so the, the maker oracles for a single collateral die, I had to hard code um, a maximum way price. Um, 
there was redundant, uh, you know, checking ETH gas station, uh, checking other things to be able to, uh, you know, have the relayers send transactions to the blockchain to update the oracles. That is mostly obsolete now. It, you know, you can pretty much rely on the base fee to make sure that, uh, you know, any automated transactions that you want to do, uh, that they get mined properly and swiftly. And mm. as well, they don't, they shouldn't, uh, you know, mess up with the rest of the, like if you're a norm, normal user, even if I have to send, you know, a very high priority transaction, and even if a lot of people do, that shouldn't mess up with, you know, a normal person. It's like, you can still use a, a normal gas price and be sure that, you'll be included fairly quickly. It's uh, plus, you know, we're going to have gas synthetics uh, and other things. I know, really excited about that. Oh, and we don't have refunds anymore, pretty much. Mm, oh, yay, yeah, did, did gas to token go to zero? Oh, that's mm. a good one. Look at the price of uh, mm. Chi token and the others. Ryan, Ryan, uh, mm. click that link that Trent just put in the chat. It's really cool. Colors. Yeah, this is the first Dune Analytics dashboard. I, I'm I'm sure we're gonna see like dozens of these over the next few days. There's people putting out um, richer and richer content. But yeah, these are really nice to start with. What are we looking at here, Trent? Uh, I I actually don't know. I just clicked it, but I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you that the the graph on the right is um, showing the change in base fee over time, and you mm -hmm. can see it's rising pretty smoothly. Nice. Um, as demand changes. Uh, yeah, I don't know what this one on the left is, but I'm sure it's full of useful information. <laughs> so Trent, not to put you on the spot, but I'm curious um, what your thought is with respect to, um, so I know we talked a lot about, a lot of the discussion has been about getting to this point with London going live. And there's been discussion around kind of prioritizing a lot of the ETH1 dev now focusing primarily on the merge. Where do you think the consensus is among the core dev teams um, at this stage around that? Are you asking for timing? No, I'm just asking what's your opinion? Do you feel like there's agreement that, yeah, we should focus on it primarily right now? Or are we looking at probably another hard fork with some additional features and then doing that? What's your take? Yeah, I mean, Danny is probably the expert to ask, so you can follow up with him after this, after my response. But um, definitely in the last few weeks, uh, once London was mostly, we had the initial releases and we were in the midst of getting, you know, libraries updated and, you know, just the, the ecosystem generally ready. I think everybody came to the rough agreement that we wouldn't be pushing for another feature fork uh, at the end of the year. The difficulty bomb was only pushed to December, so there will be some sort of um, there will be a backwards incompatible upgrade just to push that until the merge. If the merge doesn't happen before then, um, but I don't think it's in anyone's roadmap to do something similarly large as London or even um, you know a percentage of that. It'll probably just be a maintenance fork. Um, I don't anticipate anybody trying to get significant changes specifically so we can focus on ETH1 teams um, preparing for interop with uh, the consensus clients and looking forward towards the merge. 
Don't yeah, know I, if 30 I agree with yeah. so. I would say I agree with all of that, except for the fact that uh, no one will push for things to be if we do just delay the, the bomb in December if the merge isn't ready by then. Someone's gonna try to push something in there. Um, and I I would estimate maybe something small gets in there or something that was already already planned, but uh yeah, I don't I don't mm. know. Yeah, this is oh, cool. this is the perennial issue of um even if it's a maintenance fork, there's always something in waiting in the wings, some neat little upgrade or some optimization that can always go in, but uh, it's going to require a lot of trigger discipline not to um, uh, <laughs> not yeah. to add anything in there. But I can definitely there's say, even like there's even optimizations to 1559. I know would be really interesting to see. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean sentiment definitely is strong uh, from many of the core devs and most of the client teams that like they really want to get the merge done and this is the big yeah. unit of work next um, obviously all the e2 teams are pretty on board uh but even talking to all of the execution layer clients aka e1 clients um people are people are pretty game yeah and excited to push it forward yeah also the whole uh, reorg MEV drama i think is um, also putting even more wind into the sails of uh doing doing more merge work soon mm -hmm. right. uh, question from the youtube think. why okay. is it called london because the hard forks um are being are now being named in order of uh, devcon cities so the previous one was berlin which is defcon zero this is london which is defcon one so the next one will be shanghai which is defcon two well, and if, if devcons keep getting delayed or if we do more than one fork a year, we're going to outpace ourselves. Do we hey, just start guys, making weird always, names we can, again? Yeah, we can always go back to weird shit like Tangerine Whistle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that a, well, was that me, a real one? That was a real one, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually that, remar that remark was as spurious as the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, actually, the names, you know how names used to get decided before Ethereum got bigger was just the all core devs chat. Like, I, we would just be like, what do we want to name it? And everyone's like, I don't know. And then Martin <laughs> Swindag just came up with just bullshit. And we said, okay. <laughs> Gemini is the world's most trusted cryptocurrency exchange. I've been a customer of Gemini since I first got into crypto in 2017, and it's been my main exchange of choice to make my crypto buys and sells. Gemini is available in all 50 states and in over 50 countries worldwide. And on Gemini, there are markets for over 30 various different crypto assets, including many of the hot DeFi tokens. And it's one of the few exchanges that has liquid die markets. Gemini just launched their earn program where you can earn up to 7.4% interest on 26 various crypto assets. If you're tired of paying fees in DeFi or you don't want to worry about DeFi exploits, but you still want to earn interest on your crypto assets, Gemini Earn is the product for you. Another product I'm stoked to get my hands on is the Gemini Crypto Back Credit Card, which gives you 3% cash back on all of your purchases, but paid to you in your preferred crypto asset. When I get my Gemini credit card, I'm going to make sure that I get my cash back in ETH. So whenever I buy something, I get a little bit of ETH bonus back to me at the same time. You can open up a free account in under three minutes at gemini.com slash gobankless. And if you trade more than $100 within the first 30 days after sign up, you'll be gifted a free $15 Bitcoin bonus. Check them out at gemini.com slash gobankless.
The Aave protocol is a decentralized liquidity protocol on Ethereum, which allows users to supply and borrow certain crypto assets. Aave version 2 has a ton of cool features that makes using the Aave protocol even more powerful. With Aave, you can leverage the full power of DeFi money Legos, yield, and composability all in one application. On Aave, there are a ton of assets that you can supply to the protocol in order to gain yield, and all of those same assets can also be borrowed from the protocol if you have supplied collateral. Here you can see me borrowing 200 USDC against my portfolio of a number of different DeFi tokens in ETH. I'll choose a variable interest rate because it's a lower rate than the stable interest rate option, but I could choose the stable interest rate option if I wanted to lock in that interest rate in permanently. V2 also features the ability for users to swap collateral without having to withdraw their assets, trade them on Uniswap, and then deposit them back into Aave. With Aave, users can do this in one seamless transaction, saving you time and gas costs. Check out the power of Aave at Aave.com. That's A-A-V-E.com. Speaking of bullshit, Eric, how has uh, <laughs> Mainstream's coverage been of this? Of <laughs> Yeah, I was actually yesterday CNBC put out a pretty good, um, pretty good piece on it, I thought, which, you know, it's kind of shocking to see mainstream have decent coverage of this stuff. But it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> what comes out today, if it gets any coverage on TV as well. Um, but I guess I've been decently surprised so far. Um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty hard concept, I think, for mainstream to cover and like translate to like their readers, right? Um, because most readers probably don't even understand the, the fee mechanism we had before. Um, so I think most of them have been approaching it like, you know, why is this good for investors and focusing on the burn and less of some of the other benefits. Um, but at least yesterday we had a good start. I appreciate that they, the, um, the CNBC author actually reached out to people in the community, which was nice, instead of like asking Bitcoin maximalists what they think of EIP 1559, which is the typical path. What no, do so they you think, think Eric, um... of 1559? <laughs> I think they're really happy about it. I saw that they were celebrating, um, you know, giving us words of encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, hey, congratulations, Ethereum community. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> really, so really nice. happy was, for you was, guys <laughs> yeah it was it was weird to see them so nice <laughs> right it looks like we actually just got another article on cnbc's main page so it'll be interesting to see how this is covered throughout the day it's trending number one above bitcoin nice. right that's what you know bitcoin maxis were so uh, impressed about right <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to have pomp on during lunch to talk about <laughs> pomp comments on EIP one five five nine. I've been bullish this entire time, says Anthony Pompliano. Apparently, um, Reuters follows Anthony's one minute chart because it says Ethereum up major upgrade activated. Ether stays lower. <laughs> hey, hey, it did drop a little bit on the one minute chart, all right? <laughs> Those poor dopamine receptors. <laughs> Man, my whole life is dopamine. I have six monitors in front of me. <laughs> if I step away from my computer, I start collapsing. <laughs> I did not even know. Yeah, this is a good article on CBC here. That's great. Yeah. It, it, was, it was just last week we were seeing like a, a lot of conflation in mainstream media with like, um, it's hard to separate ETH2 and staking an EIP 1559, you wanted to kind of smush it all together in the same upgrade. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, I guess it's just the Ethereum narrative and you know deployment schedule around this stuff is more complicated than the happening. You know, like Bitcoiners mm. have it very easy in in that respect. Like every four years, there's one big thing that's happening, and like everyone knows what it is, entirely predictable. Uh, it's a bit harder to parse apart the the Ethereum story if you've been only semi following it. That's easy that to article, plan a big party. That article is yeah. by uh, Mackenzie Sigalo. She's the one during uh, I retweeted during Bitcoin Bitcoin Miami that uh, she really succinctly describe what was going to happen with Ethereum. She's like really well informed. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, what, what is the change that's uh, setting the stage for the other major transformation that'll make miners irrelevant? I, I don't, I, I didn't think there was any proof of stake preparation stuff in, uh, in London. That's a narrative that the media has been going with uh, because it sounds good, but it's not true. It's, it's okay. well, the, the way you can skew it that way is I and others have been saying we have to get London done. And then the next thing is the merge. And so like it, mm. it was requisite to complete before we can move okay. on. Fair. No, yeah, no, I, I, I have, I have seen, I think it was on, actually, I don't remember the location, but yeah, a lot of people have been uh, misunderstanding that this actually has proof of stake components or that the, this is the proof of stake. Uh, going live on mainnet upgrade. Yeah, that's false. I, I saw yeah, someone no, tweet that A2 strange. was coming today. So there's that. <laughs> oh, God. Look, I'm not, yeah. not going to like... <laughs> <Is it> David <laughs> Hoffman? David Hoffman. <laughs> I, I would, I'm never going to like criticize someone for getting like stuff about Ethereum wrong because it's, it's complicated. And I remember when I was learning Ethereum, I made the same mistakes. But... They're on a public TV show, dude. Like, you kind of got to dot your I's and cross your T's. Mm. Do they? Or they don't normally. <laughs> 1559 is actually trending in technology on Twitter, which is interesting. Wow. <laughs> People just like, what is this number? What does it mean? Right. <laughs> like, what what Illuminati no bullshit is this? <laughs> right. Yeah. One five five nine. What? <laughs> Man, we we must look really silly to people who have no idea what's going on. Like, imagine visiting our Twitter profiles. What is in EIP one five five nine? It's a shadowy supercoder. Um, just trying uh, communicating with each other. Secret language. I I am surprised that uh, we were never the Ethereum community was never able to come up with a different name for this. It just went with the generic yep. EIP uh, 1559. It caught on. That's the thing though. Like it caught on and then you Nothing couldn't change it. It's the no. burn. You know, the next forks the merge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but what's really funny, <laughs> what's really funny is when I I wrote and um submitted the EIP on GitHub, you're supposed to like follow a process. And like, I didn't follow it. I just picked a random number and it happened to be 1559 for some reason. Oh, is that how 1559 got selected? Yeah, it wasn't like <laughs> actually in the order of what it should have been. I forget what the number You didn't use been, 69? But... What? <laughs> it's because I thought that's where the EIPs had left off, but it wasn't. I was just confused. So yeah, <laughs> funny story. <laughs> Fun. Well, I mean, now it's forever embedded into Ethereum law. Right. <laughs> Guys, what's next? Is MetaMask updated yet? I want to send a transaction here. They say they're rolling it out. I've been trying to force update mine, but I'm not seeing it yet. They, they still don't have a release on GitHub yet. It's still on 984. Oh, okay. 
Here, Ryan, if that. you go to ultrasound.money and scroll down to project the supply, the base gas price is currently 51 guay. So go ahead and do that and see. I think we can clearly see that the supply is going down. Uh, well, the, well the, the supply is still going. Oh, oh, I see. Assuming the merge. Like Post-merge, yeah. Post-merge. Post-merge, yeah. Yeah, and I think at the 51 level, that might even exceed the theoretical maximum BOS issuance. Hmm. So here's one, one fun philosophical question. So if we have uh, the burn and the burn goes all this so far that the uh, ETH supply goes all the way down to 11.9 uh, million, does that make Ethereum 100% pre-mined? <laughs> and when it goes even lower, do we become 105% free mind? Vitalik, have you, have you heard about all the uh, Blockstream people trying to lobby lobby the regulators to remind them that Ethereum's or Ether is a security? Notice this, this, this is going on? Oh, yeah, 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 I did. I saw, I, I saw that on Twitter. Um, I mean, uh, we're in, no, no, no. In is Ethereum, there actually evidence Ethereum of that? Or is that is, theoretical? Uh, Ethereum is a security-oriented blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And Danny, to answer your question, no, there's no, um, I mean, CFTC has already ruled that Ether is a commodity. So that's- No, I know. I, I meant evidence of, of the lobbying. Um, oh. Also, Vitalik, you're going to be quoted out of context. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ethereum is a security, Vitalik Buterit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, David. Now you are as well. Ethereum right. is yeah. a security vitalic buter and David Hoffman. Right. <laughs> Coindesk is writing an article right now. <laughs> oh man. Talking about it's just uh, funny how security. like whenever. Go ahead. I was just gonna say whenever this like these major upgrades happen, like it was the same thing when Proof of Stake was going live. They just come out of the woodwork and start just fudding Ethereum. It's like thanks for the free marketing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. What are you saying, Justin? I was just gonna say um, that um, talking about security, we almost have an all-time high in terms of economic security. So basically, the amount <coughs> of ETH that's that's staking that's about seventeen billion dollars, um, and from what I can tell, it's by far the most secure uh, blockchain in terms of economic security, uh, even greater than than our friends at uh, at, at Bitcoin. Seventeen billion. Yeah, staked. John Adler. Oh, sorry. Is that seventeen billion in ETH staked? You're talking about? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, so John. that's two. That's two things. Like, first of all, it means that if you want to pull off a 51% attack from a budget standpoint, you kind of have to kind of the naive attack is just to match the $17 billion. And so that's the, the budget that you need. But then there's this other concept, which is the cost, which is if you do make an attack, then you will get slashed and you're going to lose billions of dollars. And, and here it's, it's very, very high for Ethereum 2.0 and the beacon chain. Um, and this is one of the places where it distinguishes itself from Bitcoin, where Bitcoin has no concept of slashing. So the cost is for the attack is zero. Uh, but the, the budget is extremely high. You just got to get the capital in your God mode. Right. Justin, we should do a podcast on this. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah, like that's a subtle difference. Uh, if you can just accumulate capital, that you, you're good. You now own the network. 
I mean, you know, all this to say these projections, even under kind of like, I guess these are somewhat conservative projections or maybe uh, like middle of the road projections definitely does not look like we will exceed 120 million ETH supply ever. So the biggest variable for the supply peak is going to be the merge date. Um, I mean, if right. you play with the merge date, we will go beyond 120 million if we are past Q1. So that's another, I guess, another incentive for trying to, to merge in Q1. Uh, we can reach this meme number of 120 yeah, it's million. Also 2020 GUA maybe is like a more conservative just to see what the numbers look like. Mm. I, I liked 50. Just me. Nah. <laughs> Are you a user or, or, a, or a speculator? Both. <laughs> oh, so I have a, depends. Definitely I have a depends question. On these variables. Yeah, go ahead. That's um, so Vitalik and Danny, looking back at the DAO hack, let's let's go back in time. Had we not um, done the and that like the state transition to give the coins back to the DAO holders, would that have affected how we do proof of stake stuff today? Because of how much coin they had. How much coin did they have? It was like fifteen percent of fourteen. No, no. Actually, they uh, ended up only taking four million. It was weird. Like I think they uh, they could have taken more, but then they just like let the eight million go. I think I don't know. That might have been the attacker just like realizing that if they took the entire amount, uh, then we would definitely fork. Right. Um, but no, no. Even with the third, we forked anyway. Um, I would personally say no. Like I think, uh, well, for me personally, a key part of uh, how I approach proof of stake security, and I think this was true for Vlad as well, is that like we should not be viewing a single fifty-one percent attack as the end of the world. If a fifty-one percent attack happens, then like you just. Uh, um, you know, if slash, if necessary, do a community soft fork and we kind of rework past it and burn a bunch of ETH and move on. Yeah, burn a bunch of burn a bunch of ETH and then the attacker does this five times and then after that they don't have their three million ETH anymore. Hey Ryan, yeah. um, watch the burn.com is back up. I think that it could have definitely shaken confidence. Like obviously I think That's it's good to have these recovery true, mechanisms, yeah. but it would have been this like looming thing where people would be talking about it and you know, yeah, whereas now no one talks about it. I mean most people don't even know about it. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Yeah, I actually wonder like what what what's the counterfactual universe where the Yandao fork never happens would look like. Um I did, I did hear through the grapevine that there actually was a significant number of Bitcoin people that moved from uh, Ethereum curious to um, thinking Ethereum is the devil precisely because of that event. Um, mm. So I don't know. On the like, I guess it's very possible that like the flipping would have happened, but on the flip side, Ethereum would be more Bitcoiny and me potentially yeah. Like one way, one practical in which, way in which that might manifest is that there might might have been more opposition to proof of stake, and proof of stake might have like been the uh, the the pivotal split into two. I think we would have had like. So, I feel like Ethereum Classic rooted out the the super ideologues of Ethereum, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like right. the very passionate like people who like really go by ideology of a pure blockchain and stuff mm. and like i i like that they're that they 
you know, were kind of rooted out. Not that they're bad people, but they're- yeah, just, I don't know if I'd use the term rooted out. I would say it gave them their own space to pursue yeah. uh, what what yeah. ideologies they they value the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very amicable. So, that, so, so it's just, I, I feel like it's, for, at least for the Ethereum I envision, it's, it's a little bit better. Did, uh, did the difficulty stay relatively stable, signaling that all um, pools came? There's no contentious fork. Um, I just realized that my Nethermind node is on an old version. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're one so of those last like, people who don't realize until the fork <laughs> happens. There's always a few of you guys. <laughs> You know, you know, Coin Telegraph is going to write that up as Hudson Jameson forks Ethereum. <laughs> He's running the contentious fork alone. Oh, if you go to ETH stats, with his CPU like, miner, I like the only note on ETH stats who has an update. Oh no, 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 there's a few others. Yeah, there's usually a few. I'm the only Nethermind note on ETH stats that's on the old fork. That's funny. Eric, you put the, uh, is this the new MetaMask version? No, that's, that's just where it will be. Oh, we just hit 100 ETH burns, so that's cool. Nice. The, um, the, the etherchain.org slash burn website is really cool. It's got like a burn rate um, stat. It says 1.65 ETH per minute being burned right now. What's the punk floor? That is that like pitch. one punk a minute? <laughs> <laughs> punk floor? Oh, no, that's it's like a 10. Punk floor is a lot higher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The punk floor is 35 ETH right now. 35.9. Uh-huh. Uh, Trent, do you know what the RPC call? There's a new one, right? Like fee history. It fee history, yeah. ETH Live. underscore. Oh, I just want to try it out. Yeah, I, I can grab you. There's, Tim has a link. Uh, one thing I want to mention really quick is that over time, the ETH burn per block might drop as a ratio as more people start using 1559 style transactions because currently it seems like almost every, sorry? Is is that true? Like that that, that should that, that would reduce the priority fee as well. Would that reduce the burn? Uh, isn't right. it going to basically users aren't getting refunded now? Um, so there's a right. marginally yeah, getting, higher. Right, but the point, like right now, like basically, if you like whatever fee you pay, like some gets burned and the rest goes to the miner. Whereas, like in the future, whatever fee you pay, like some go, like the, some gets burned and then the rest that like, you just most of it you don't pay. Hmm. What's going to happen is that the the ratio of burnt to tip is going to improve, so we're going to be burning more and having less tip. And one of the things right. that we'll be able to do is retroactively look at the stats and calculate how much we've been overpaying the miners in tips. Um, you know, oh, kind of comparing today where it's mostly um, mm-hmm. legacy transactions versus when it's mostly um, EIP-1559 transactions. Right. Um, but the, the base fee should not be impacted by EIP-1559. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now what? Now what? Oh, interesting. So when uh, it looks like uh, we do have a rough uh, a, a, a 200 block um, estimate of how much we've burned, which is like what, about 105 ETH or so, which is, uh, looks like we're burning over a little a quarter, a, a, a little over a quarter of the block reward, which is an interesting fact. 
Peter um, from Geth just tweeted, okay, all three burn sites show different totals. At least the chain is still in consensus. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually joking. Mm. Somebody brought this up last night and I said, this is going to be the next uh, supply gate where right. all the sites have a different amount of burns. <laughs> supply gates, it's, it's, it's a more complex calculation now. No it one is, knows yeah, the supply. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows the supply. Yeah, so we yeah, have right yeah, now. It's have, like a, but there's no floor, this, right? Right. The, the supply gate is being replaced with a reinforced steel door. <laughs> hmm. So this is on Etherchain Burn. It's showing 109 ultrasound money. Hmm. Have, we, have we gotten any insight as to um, uh, percentage of fee burn yet? Um, just like looking at quarter of it. No, no, that's a quarter of the block reward. I think just looking at random blocks, I'm seeing about a three to one ratio between burn and uh, fees fees paid to the miner. Um, let me just look up a couple of random blocks and see if that's uh, true. Oh, there's uh, one with a, a six to one ratio. There's one with a four to one. Um, and there's also one with a four to one. Yeah, it's pretty high. Um, there's one with more fees than burned. Um, there's one with a three to one. Oh, block block one seventy four has uh, one point one yeah. six tip paid with one point two five uh, burnt fees, so almost one to one. The highest I've seen. Um, a block uh, one nine three has a uh, two point three three uh, burn or uh, sorry a tip. Oh, wow, look at that. I mean, one thing to consider is that the, the median amount and the average amount <laughs> is going to be very different. And the reason is mm -hmm. that MEV is extremely spiky. Right. And so the tips are going to be very spiky and concentrated in some blocks. Is she gas token at zero yet? I think it's nothing, not nothing ever goes to zero in this industry. Yeah. Oh, good question. Oh, now, it's a, now it's a relic. Yeah, now people are just speculating. I am uh, going, now, now going it's an to NFT. go check <laughs> on gas token or on Uniswap and see what uh, Chi gas token is at. Yeah, I, I can see Uniswap. It. It's on. It's still worth. It has a market cap of eight hundred and thirty thousand, and it still has a little bit of liquidity on one inch. <laughs> it's probably them backstopping it though. Since oh, it's hold on. No liquidity. Click to trade with V two. Um, and then with an infinite amount of chi, you can get $46,000 out of the Uniswap V2 pool. <laughs> Hear that? Anybody, anyone who's got chi? Um, yeah, yeah, you, you got... Uh, now's the well, time. <laughs> yeah, now's the time. You got $46,000. <laughs> if you look Watch at it the, pump. It's going to go if up. If you look at the, that chart there, I don't know if this is like a data error or something, but you can see somebody burnt $100 million of of chi which completely you can't even see the other parts of the chart so either uh, somebody was farming this wow. over time and then eventually just called it quits and burnt it burnt it all to get their, their refunds um that might be a graph error just because of how significant that is but uh something probably happened there well gas tokens were one of the greatest <laughs> to me like economic subversions and you know just harnessing mm. something that that was available for everybody mm -hmm. and you know wrapping it into something interesting yeah and... i know so uh, so apparently the cool new thing is that people are trying to shell um mev extraction tokens 
um, but which hopefully none none of that is going to get anywhere. Um, I mean, also going to go to zero when yeah, like right. When we have protection one, mechanisms are put into protocol. Right, right. Whenever we add a block proposer builder separation, you know, so not a good idea to buy. Just tokens, like so. gas token, it's going to zero. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Hey, gas token had a good run though. <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah, no. Sorry, so, so, sorry, Eden. No garden for you. <laughs> Wait, is that out yet? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> oh man. So the um, gas, the block gas limit's still going down. So, so yep. what's the reasoning? What's the reasoning behind why there are empty blocks at times? And this was true before the fork, right? There's just empty blocks every right. now and then. I guess some miners just like experience higher um, levels of actually no even before the fork no it can't be like about uncle rate issues because before the fork fees were enough to compensate I guess uh, oh that's actually okay that's a good question I had well should it, meaning a miner potentially is going to just not take in the transactions because their latency is high to miss out on the block and get uncled isn't that probably most likely the reason just take the block reward yeah yeah it's unclear there it seems like a very poor calculation of their assessment of the uncle rate given right given the value you can get from mev so i don't know right. the exact reasoning other than like fuck it there's a comment in the right. youtube saying that they mine empty blocks just to push the gas price Wait. up that doesn't make any sense though right no that's not no. right that if anything, they're going to they're going to allow somebody else to make more money than them. Wait, what? Oh, sorry, I found that. So, so, I I thought it was Peter's Salagi so responding to Tim Bake on Twitter, but actually, it was one of those scam Peters. <laughs> scam Peters. One of the yeah. scam Peters. <laughs> What did he say? And did you almost believe him? Um, well, no, yeah. I think I only believed him when I was uh, just looking at the uh, a Discord message and my eyes weren't yet pointed at You the, sent him uh, 10 ETH, though, right? <laughs> no, yeah. De <laughs> deposit up to ETH and we'll, sh and we'll shoot you. Oh, back with doubled about. Um, <laughs> I... Hmm. So um, if I can ask uh, Vitalik, anything interesting you expect people to build with the base fee upcode? Oh, good question. Um, I think, uh, well, one natural thing that makes sense is that like, if you're building a smart contract system that has any kind of bounty mechanism for people to send transactions, then it's just much more efficient for that bounty to be like the base fee plus uh, some amount. Um, Have you seen the, the Keeper network? Um, this was like this is like a concept MakerDAO has been trying to push for a long time, right? Or is that someone else? Uh, this one is by uh, you know Andre Kronje and and Yern. Oh, I see. Okay, no, it's but, like Maker. I think. Yeah. Has, uh, yeah. We have another mm. concept of keepers. But... Now you can okay. do on-chain betting about on-chain usage. Hmm. Yeah. Um, another nice one is uh, like optimistic rollups and plasmas and channels um, increasing the uh, or ad adjusting withdrawal periods based on how high the the base fee is. 
but I think uh, realistically, like uh, plasma is probably not going to see enough of uh, a light of day for that to become an issue. It just uh, uh, the roll ups are too too far and too fast at this point. Hmm. Is there any room for plasma constructions given channels, roll ups, and other potentially better things? I think realistically, like uh, in the medium term, there's going to be things that are on validiums. Um, uh, if they don't, yeah, like if you don't care about, like if you do, if you just want this kind of weaker like guarantee of authenticity, um, and you're fine with uh, the operator breaking liveness, so like accountable centralization, basically, then uh, yeah, it makes sense to be a validium. So what about, isn't Polygon Plasma kind of what yeah. the current network? They're a side chain, though. Oh, that's right. I, though I understand that they maybe have possibly some kind of plans to add a roll up or become a roll up eventually. But yes. They have that's the Plasma chain live, but the chain that sees the most activity is the POS chain, which that's is like what the I side chain. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they do plan to bring out layer two kind of tech as well uh, on their roadmap. So that'll be cool to see what they come up with. Man, these burn sites are going to like be some of the most high traffic sites <laughs> in this ecosystem. Like, So I have access to the stats for ultrasound up money and there's 2,500 people currently watching the, the website. Jeez. Oh, and That's Danny's awesome. cap. Of course. <laughs> That's that's usually the signal at the end of the call for me. Tycho always shows up. Joe Weisenthal <laughs> just tweeted out uh, Hazu's article on EIP one five five nine, saying it's a good read. So that's cool. Thanks, Joe. Who tweeted that out? Joe Weisenthal from. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Bloom Bloomberg. Hmm. Yay. Uh, Alex from Nansen just tweeted out a graph. I don't know where it came from, but because uh, I don't think it's on Nansen yet, but he tweeted out the percentage of EIP-1559 transactions, and it looks like we're up to 16%. It just spiked huge in the last few minutes, so some wallet must have updated or something. That's it. Maybe it's rolling Did that out. release come out? I don't see it yet on GitHub, but... I think if we see any spike, it's going to be from, you know, bots or automated. Yeah, right. Yeah. True. It's like, it reminds me of um, when Bitcoin upgraded to SegWit and they were watching the percentage of transactions that were SegWit transactions. <laughs> but it happened a lot slower. I didn't get the 16% for a long time. Yeah, yeah that, that took like, what, a year to get to 40% or something? Uh-huh, yeah, it took a while. I was impressed by how fast, root, uh, how fast Taproot got consensus. Uh, it took like not much time at all. Oh, hold on. Where was this in the chat? Oh, Azvanovic. Oh, that's not the same as Alex Svetsky. Okay, no, I think I got him. Oh God, let's up. not talk about Alex Svetsky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, looking. Okay, look. Looking for group EIP one five five nine. Wait, what does that mean again? Um, <laughs> it's it's. I read it as looking for group two, Vitalik. That's why I laugh. Oh, it actually it's oh. it's let's fucking go. Um, instead of looking oh, for I group. See yeah, oh, but I always read it. That's how that's how you know World of Warcraft Maxi coming out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what is GM? 
Uh, good, morning. good morning. Good oh, morning. Okay. What the hell is going Master on? With that? Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. General That's Motors. Right. Yeah. General Everyone's <laughs> pumping GM stock. <laughs> That's the I mean, next that's not a bad stuff. guess. And... <laughs> I still say you're looking for group. No. Uh, hey guys, I heard there's this hard fork of uh, GM called GME. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, front page Bloomberg. Vitalik pumps GME. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Here. Hmm. Ultrasound money, that money still has uh, that bug, right? Or are we burning like quadrillions worth of beef? <laughs> no, I think the bug got fixed. No, the bug got fixed, yeah. They needed to divide by 18, right? I've done that. You know, when we released the multilateral die, I had diestats.com mm. mm. on the first block. <laughs> but numbers in Maker are 45 decimals long. And I forgot to divide by 45. So yeah. at least you forgot on the UI and not in the uh, contract. It was <laughs> on the UI, thankfully. Yeah. Oh, wow. We got a 1.7 burn. Um, that's, uh, that's the highest. I wonder when, yeah, I wonder when the first uh, net negative issuance block is going to come. That'll be fun. Next time, one thing which is a NFTs. One thing which is a little scary, you see here, there's a flip-flopping. There's 0.1 ETH and then 1.6, 0.011, and then 1.3. This might suggest, I'm not saying it is, but it might suggest that the adjustment of 12.5% is a bit too high. So, you know, we go up 12.5%. Oh, 12 oh, it's too, exp too expensive. I think we go uh, down. the, the, yeah. the flip-flop <coughs> thing, it could happen with... Uh, even uh, smaller adjustments as well. Um, I think uh, like the the way that I think I remember it being explained in one of the papers that talked about the flip-flop issue was that if a if there's one user that sets a fee, like one large user that sets their fee at some amount, or if there's like some psychological threshold that lots of people set their fee to, then like if it's under, then it's super full. And then if it's over, it's empty. And so it uh, flip-flops. Uh, but this was actually one of the reasons why I, uh, I proposed um, there was that alternative uh, version in ETH research uh, where I uh, talked about like the Y equals E to the power of X curve. Uh, and um, I think it's like alt maybe alternative EIP1559 design or something. Let me look this up. Most recent block has 1.75 ETH burnt. Um, mm, mm. um, improve EIP one five five nine UX by um. No, that's that's not mine. That's a different one. Grr, where is this thing? Um, there it is. Make EIP one five five nine more like an AMM curve. Uh, ETH research at nine zero eight two. That was the thing that I suggested mm -hmm. as a fix, both to the uh, current uh, imbalance, where technically instead of uh, 50 well, fifty percent of miners to bring it down to zero, you only need about like forty seven percent, and also the uh, the the flip flopping. Yeah, Barnabé, I remember he released a couple of notebooks and then reports that kind of talked about this oscillation, and I think actually Tom, Tim Ruffgard may have talked about it in his report last year. 
Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm sure. So in two weeks, actually, we're having another call. We've been hosting a series of calls um, associated with the core dev. Uh, oh, shit. We just had our, organize. sorry to cut you off, Trent. We just had our first block that burnt more Ethan issued. Oh, well, which one? Uh, 263. Sorry, Trent. Woo. Well, hold yeah, no, on. Was... Let, me, let me check if that includes uncles. We are net deflationary, guys. Okay. It's official. Oh, well, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is, is this oh, the first fun. ultrasound money block? This is the first ultrasound money block. Mm-hmm. First They're ultrasound NFT. block. Probably an NFT drop. <laughs> Trent, sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say one of the things we've been doing is hosting ecosystem infrastructure calls. So this is like libraries, um, tooling. <laughs> infrastructure providers like like uh, node runners who then provide data to applications. Uh, we've been hosting a bunch of calls over the past few months to get people ready. And we're gonna have another one in two weeks. And I'm really looking forward to see what Barnabé presents because he's gonna do some analysis around this exact behavior that we're looking at now, but it'll probably be uh, much more informed and have some interesting takeaways for how the mechanism is working properly and maybe how it can be improved for future uh, versions. those recorded and streamed? They are recorded. Uh, I don't think we live stream them, but uh, all of the recordings are either on the Ethereum Foundation mm-hmm. YouTube or the Cat oh, YouTube. Uh, cool. Justin, decía algo en castellano para la comunidad latina. Bueno, uh, hola a todos. Um, ¿Cómo se dice ultrasound? Ultrasonido. Somos en un régimen ultrasonido, así que cuando el, 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 el proof of work, uh, cuando no tenemos el proof of work, vamos a hacer ultrasonido. Uh. <laughs> 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 Gracias. That was, that was awesome. Thank you. I know there's, right. there's a lot of people listening from Latin America. Okay, yes. now Vitalik, do your five languages. <laughs> oh, <no>. Ultrasound money <laughs> in every single language you know, Vitalik, go. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> uh, okay, I got to sign off. You know, well, guys. I, I feel like mission mission accomplished. Mission Life accomplished. Successful. Mission yeah, accomplished. Five nine. Mission is, accomplished. Is is deployed. Mm. We're all set, guys. Um, Ethereum not dead yet. <laughs> not dead mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, fifteen fifty nine um, setting the stage for the for proof of stake. Absolutely, that's what's <laughs> next. That, is that the next live stream? We're doing the merge live. When? When are we doing that, know. guys? <laughs> when should we schedule that? Just, Justin loves giving dates. Or I say, let Justin pick the date again. It's worked all the time. Q1. Q1. It's happening, Q1. Guys, the one minute chart, like every time you speak about the merge, the one minute chart just dumps. Like, save me, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, all right. Mm. all right, everyone. We want to thank everyone who joined this. Uh, Ethub guys, been a pleasure to host with you. Of course, everyone who's who's been on the live stream, thank you so much for attending. We've watched history. I think EIP fifteen five nine deployed. We are at one hundred and seventy four ETH burnt successful fork. 
a really exciting time to be in this ecosystem. And uh, thanks, thanks everyone for watching. Take care. And subscribe to the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> bye, everyone. See you guys. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.